This one just came came in, came through. I was on Twitter and somebody sent this to me. I actually had all the stories locked up. Okay. And then this one came and I put it to the top because, well, as you know, you didn't rearrange them. Oh. You don't even have this story. You didn't well, read my second message, Let's... Will. You didn't read my fresh message. Well, what is it? Oh. Uh, it's on 9 to 5 Mac. Report suggests iPhone 12 aluminum edges could suffer from discoloration defect. And so you know that I had to go right to the top because everybody wants to know when anything goes wrong with an iPhone. We have plenty of historical evidence that this is the case. And oh. then people will yell and scream and they say, they say, why are you doing this, Lou? Why you have a vendetta against... No, I'm like, people ask me and then click on it. And it's obviously what people want to find out about. And, it, and you know, also, it makes sense because Apple is this super successful, super powerful company. So people do want to hear something doesn't go right because things go right so often. Yeah. There's a lot going right for Apple. Of course, yeah. And so people, you know, they need to know the other side of it. And making things is hard, and this can happen with any brand, obviously. Tesla suffers from something similar as well. They've been so uh, such a rocket ship lately mm-hmm. as far as uh, hype and evaluation and such that it's the same thing. If one of those blows up, everybody pays attention because they're like, well, things are going really well. There must be some other thing going on. Yeah. Anyway, this is a red iPhone 12 pictured. It has a weird discoloration only in one corner. I should be clear, this is not the first phone ever. It's not the first iPhone or phone that has had a, a some discoloration. It could be a one-off type of defect with the, I suppose, the anodization that takes place, that particular pigment. Or it could be more widespread and only a matter of time before we find out. The thing to mention here is that this phone is really new. And while we've had discoloration of phones, of new flagship phones in the past, it typically takes a little bit longer to occur. Mm -hmm. The other notable part about this particular discoloration is that uh, the company that the phone was in the possession of is actually uh, a a web company, like a news company or a tech, tech news Svet Apple is what it's called. It's I guess is that Polish. I'm guessing. Anyway, it's they they do they do Apple related news, and it was their personal unit that seemed to suffer. Does Apple have a problem? The color disappears from the aluminum chassis. They they had the problem, hmm. and they said back in November 2020, we bought a red iPhone 12 for the editorial office, which is used primarily for work purposes. This phone has been worn in a transparent case since day one. So that's interesting. Right. It's not like uh, they put it in their jeans. It was in a case. But also inside of a transparent case, could there have been some sort of chemical residue on the case? Mm, Right. Or some sort of weird UV effect. If it was a transparent case with the light passing through, you will often see discoloration on some cheaper transparent cases where they can yellow over time. Right. Was there some sort of an interaction there, Will? This is a daily uh, tech news show, is amongst it? other topics. That's oh. what this is. Uh, I am not a scientist, never claimed to be, but there's a chance that there could be some level of interaction. Mm. 
between those things. But it does look significantly faded, and I wouldn't be happy about it myself if uh, if that were my red phone, particularly the red one, because normally you got some punch there. Instead, over here, you got burnt orange. Although, if the whole phone was that color... Or it had some sort of pattern to it. Yeah, then that. maybe that could be a look to it or a style to it. Uh, the other interesting part here is that it just was in one corner. It wasn't all the way around the aluminum chassis. Now, as mentioned, the iPhone 11 had a similar thing take place, took a little bit longer. iPhone SE 2 had a similar thing take place, took a little longer to see more photos of it. You tell me down in the comments if you're an iPhone 12 buyer. Have you experienced such a thing yourself? If so, I'm curious about the details. Has it been in a case? If so, which type of case? or no case, and which color of iPhone do you have if you've experienced something like this? I would love to read in the comments. And also, we'll get an idea if it's widespread or not because, you know, we have viewers here on this show who have iPhone 12. Mm. We'll find out right away. Yep. Oh, speaking of our viewers and the comments section. Oh, boy. I'm sure you saw all the chanting. Well, you the, messaged me. And the cheering. Privately. And I was like, hey. And the this. success of your clip, the you're in the thumbnail, and that clip, that's a hit clip. Is it? I didn't even see Yeah, it. it's a hit clip as far as I'm concerned. Okay. For what it was. For what it was, I'm going to call it a hit clip. And the, you know what the people were, were chanting for is the Willie Do Wild Card. Uh. The Willie Do Wild Card round. They missed it on the last episode, and I told Maybe them to not. let you know. I told them... What did you say? I just told them to say whether or not they cared about that segment. And it turns out they obviously really care a lot. And you owe these people. And so I presume you have a huge comeback plan for today. Uh, and we'll just leave it to the end of the show. Sure. Oh, you do have a comeback plan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he'll be back. Don't worry. All right. It's a tough gig being Willie Do. You know, it's there's uh, a lot Very to tough. it. There's a lot going on, and uh, he's gonna get it all figured out. But mm -hmm. you, until then, you just keep hitting the thumbs up button to let him know that. Um. Let him know that you're here for him. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate. That's we. You want to keep talking about you, Will? <laughs> no. Let's move on <laughs> uh, to the next story. Well, here's the problem. When I replaced that front story, I moved oh, everything around. Boy. I went straight to the Apple news because I wasn't going to start with an Apple topic, by the way, which also people like to talk about in the comments. Uh -huh. Why are you always starting with the Apple topic? Oh, I don't know, because that's what you guys click on. I don't know. That's what you're... That's a huge brand. And 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 we start with the news, but it's a long show. We cover everything. It's just... Yeah, just stick around. Yeah, it's just off the top. You get rewarded for sticking around. We're going to cover it all. We're going to hit you with everything you need to know. It's just where we start. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Everybody knows this. Right. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Yes. And so what does that say to you guys who watch this? Stick around. If you're like us, the best stuff is at the end. If you're like us. All right. Next up is the uh, iPhone 12 durability ad. <laughs> Which, that was another reason I had to move it to the front, because that was just too perfect, that transition. I see, yeah. Apple pr is currently promoting iPhone 12 durability in their newest ad. We just had the discoloration, but they're saying no ceramic shield and uh, water resistance and everything else. So they put out this commercial, and in the commercial, it's a guy, a chef or a cook, 
It's called Cook, iPhone 12 Cook. He's more of a, a DIY, um, trying to learn how to cook type. And you definitely can't play the music. I'll tell you that right now. It is copyright city, I'm going to yeah. guess. I just heard, uh, you know how you can tell when a song has been heavily licensed? Yeah. You just tell. It always has a certain punch to it. Sure. You're like, that right there is a big copyright deal. Can you play the video, though? Uh, yeah, play a little bit of the video. So essentially, the, he's just being really rough with his cooking and with the phone. And so the phone is about to flop over here. It falls down. He cracks an egg. He uh, gets it all dirty with the with the flour. See, it's buried under there. He picks it up. And uh, he just shows very little regard for the for the health of the phone. He pours a bunch of milk all over it. I mean, he's a messy dude. It seems like it. Yeah, he's, just, he's a messy dude, and it's you know the whole apartment, everything. I'm, it's a weird kind of look for Apple because usually it's a very clean thing. But I th recently they've been playing around with this. I remember, I guess it was the iPhone 11. They were throwing a bunch of fruits and vegetables sure, yeah. at it, and I think there's a way in which they the, 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 they kind of play up the cleanliness of their own thing when yeah. it's in the presence of the messiness of mankind. But let me guess this. This having this iPhone is just going to change his life. It's just going to make it better. It's going to be less messier. It's a thirty-second spot, actually, so it doesn't do any of that for him. It just, oh. it just is giving him his videos and giving him his social media, essentially. And then at the end of it, he rinses it off. It falls in the sink, and he oh, just so it's still messy. Yeah, he he's still messy, but the phone is clean. Oh, you see the right. psychology going on here. The phone oh. has more has better hygiene than you do. <laughs> you just rinse it off and start over and then uh, an interesting tagline at the end relax it's iphone which is uh kind of interesting to me because it's it's like am i supposed to know at this point that iphone are you trying to tell me that iphone is more durable than others that have the same similar durability ratings oh i suppose you are relax it's iphone you're trying to put that in my in my mind so okay fine uh, then the little the little disclaimer on the bottom: water resistance may lessen through normal use. Rinse only when dirty. So they're kind of like, yeah, I know we just made it look like you should rinse your phone every day you're in the kitchen, but actually maybe chill out a little bit, rinse it every so often instead yeah. of every. They put it on the flat surface and not uh, in the charging port or something. That too, you know. That too. I mean, look, we 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 did a story not long ago of an iPhone that was at the bottom of the lake for six months right, and yeah. survived. So these things are absolutely durable when it comes to water. That's to be clear, but you know, they got to cover the legal ground and whatnot with the disclaimer. That's yes. just what it is. You run a company at that scale. Well, you know this. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe this is the last iPhone related story, which you're going to have to go find now. There it is. You nailed it. Caviar, friends over at Caviar have taken it to an absolutely different level. Now I know people have all kinds of opinions on on this company, and and the the opinions on this company seem to be accelerating. People are like, "How can this be? How can they make money?" Look, I don't know. I'll just I, you gotta you gotta be willing to to say when you don't know. I don't know. I presume that somebody is buying these things somewhere, and maybe it's not in your backyard. Maybe it's not you. Uh, it just seems like so much effort and and uh look i don't know i'm just saying i don't know okay but the fact is they are 
incredibly successful at pulling on the necessary strings in order to bring a particular concept in front of human eyeballs. That is a for sure thing that they are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And they've done it once again. I'm not endorsing the company. God sakes, man. 2021. Holy crap. Can't even talk about something. There you go again. I'm not endorsing the company. I'm just saying that they did a thing. They got a post. It's GSM Arena. This yeah. one is the most outlandish that they've ever done. It's actually really? kind of almost funny. Oh. It's almost funny. Okay. $160,000. <laughs> <laughs> $160,000. How do you get them that money? Is it crypto? How 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 do they ship it? What's the insurance? It's a lot of questions. $159,000. It is a gold brick with a phone on it. I'm not lying. I'm talking 24 karat gold, 1000 grams, limited edition. Nice. Fine gold. And and there's something you didn't even notice yet, well. When you look at that, I know you're busy being bamboozled by the giant hunk of gold. You have no camera anymore. Right. But who needs it? Are you? You can't use this. Well. What are you going to wear? Gloves? 24 karat gold, a thousand grams. This is going straight in a safe. In fact, they know it's going straight in a safe because the packaging is a safe, apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's some sort of a safe. Let's see what it says here. Each unit will be packaged in a white, luxurious case safe, delivered anywhere in the world by a private courier. You see, like, oh, well. who, who's a private courier and fly DHL? over there? Fly over there on a private jet. And give FedEx? it to you. I am not endorsing the company. If you have $160,000, you can do many things with $160,000. However, there are many that would tell you that gold, you might as well get some gold. <laughs> there are many that will tell you. Uh, Peter Schiff will tell you. Yes. He loves this. He says, actually, he doesn't love it because it's kind of marked up. In fact, you could get that much gold for a lot less. 2.2 pounds of, of this gold would be uh, how much less? I don't know. A few thousand bucks less than if you get it in the phone format, the limited edition Phone format. The latter is more expensive to $170,000, even though both have the same amount of gold on them. Only seven pieces will be made of the iPhone. Oh, yeah, they're going to do a Galaxy S21 version as well, not just an iPhone 12 Pro. Unbelievable. Is there, will there be one person in the world, assuming this thing actually exists, assuming it actually ships to a human being, is one person in the world going to use it as a phone a giant a two pound gold ingot is what it's called look at the case oh, look at the case i have no idea it's like is that felt they rendered the case as well that was just a yeah. oh private that's the dude who brings it it's like some james bond thing oh. listen i don't know what they're gonna do i'm uh i'm not Again, this is not financial advice. Oh my God! Look at the gold PlayStation they did. <laughs> With the face Whoa, this one's even more. Is it? How much is that? Oh yeah, yeah. one sixty nine. Yeah, it's a bigger phone. Well, this one. Wait a second. That's four hundred thousand dollars. 
Uh, Are you sure? Online payment amount restricted by banking. Over 100000 in one payment. Yeah, I guess. Nice. Notice this information and confirm your order with the payment from invoice by contacting to manager. I, is it crypto or multiple payments? Is it a payment plan? <laughs> wow, they just keep ratcheting things up on the site. They keep ratcheting it up, Will. Oh, look at this Photoshop here. They're oh, like... They're like, oh, people thought we were crazy with like a $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 phone. No, 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 no. We now got a $170,000 iPhone and we have a $400,000 PlayStation. Like, why isn't it just $4 million at that point? Yeah. This is absolutely wild. I am not vouching for the company. I am not endorsing the company. This is not financial advice. Disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. I'm just talking what about it. What else do they have? Here? I'm talking about it. That's all I'm doing. Disclaimer. Those are cool. Wow. Oh, yeah. I remember us talking about those. $108,000 AirPods. They are ratcheting it up. In a time in a time like this, in 2021, they're ratcheting it up. Yeah. They're doubling down. Seems like it's the time to do so. Apparently, it's the time. Anyway, that's got to be the most expensive iPhone I've ever seen. And, oh, by the way, they typically use 18 karat gold in their other listings but uh, this one's 24 as that makes a big difference as far as value is concerned right i don't know what to tell you will you seem really uh yeah i'm really i'm really i'm really no no no. i'm really that took that take that took a lot out of me uh that really that really uh because it's like it's it's, there's all kinds of complexity in discussing this because of the 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 way in which People get to choose their own perception of what it is that you're saying. You can't just discuss the existence of the post without putting in the disclaimers because there are people out there that will perceive that as some kind of an endorsement. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it comes with the territory, but it is certainly it's work. And it's it's like it's like uh, it's the rough part of the job. It's like after you put up the drywall and after you put on the, where the joints are, you put on the compound. Okay. And then you got to sand it and sand it. So as far as discussing the thing, that's the sanding part. Okay. Disclaimer, yeah. disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not affiliated with the company. No endorse. It's not endorsed. Don't do it. Financial advice. Financial. Not financial advice. Well said. Well, uh, you want to go to OnePlus now? All right, you got it, Will. You want to go to OnePlus News? Yes. OnePlus confirms the 9 and 9 Pro colorways. Confirms. OnePlus is all about launching the thing before launching the thing. Mm-hmm. That's actually they got rid of never settle, and now the tagline is launching the thing before launching the thing. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. And then there's a rocket ship. Yeah, but the rocket ship. Well, the secret is still the Hasselblad collaboration, right? What they're gonna do? Well, sure, but it's like the secret of the Hasselblad collaboration is not a secret. It's just whatever secrets are left over has more to do with just how things are gonna work, right? Yeah, and certain specs that haven't. People don't know, but people pretty much know all the specs at this point. Uh, this is not new for OnePlus. This is what they do. They, it's a slow drip that they do leading up to their eventual event. And I can't say that it's necessarily a bad technique because, well, I've just been seeing what's happening with people's interest in this brand in general. And it seems to me that that the mark their marketing has worked out to a certain extent. These techniques of uh, getting you slowly hyped instead of all at once. Anyway... Uh, the event is approaching, fast approaching. We're talking about March 23rd, and they're running out of things to tell you about. 
And so the the latest one here is the colors that we're going to get. And we have images actually like posted. You can scroll down a little bit further and you'll see. Yeah, like just right on the official OnePlus Twitter account. Inspired by a bright new dawn, meet the, meet the OnePlus 9 Pro morning mist and OnePlus 9 winter mist on March 23rd. So they're just like, we're going to tell you about two colors. Uh, co-developed with Hasselblad. And that model listed as the OnePlus 9 Series 5G. Of course, we know we heard about the, the Pro model as well. And we heard about the budget model as well, which could be a, a regional thing as well. Like it might be depending on where you are, what which models you have access to. And then the rumor, which we re recently reported on how uh, there was talk about possibly going back to Sandstone and doing the black model with a different texture, mm -hmm. a, a textured back. So... We still got to wait on that one, but they have officially posted on Twitter that at least these two colors are happening. Which would you go for out of these two? Would it be uh, Morning Mist or Winter Mist? I'm guessing the Winter Mist is the white one. That's I would go for that one. You are a Winter Mist kind of guy, even for at the sure. tail end of winter here. Yeah. Okay. For sure. You don't. You know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with uh, my youngest son, and he doesn't really want winter to end. He's kind of lamenting it a little bit because oh, he was yeah. on the outdoor rinks and stuff mm -hmm. this winter. And I was like, man, everybody is so ha happy to, or at least a lot of people are like, oh, spring is coming, things like this. But there are people out there, true Canadians like him, mm -hmm. that want to deal with a longer winter. Imagine that. Yeah. Misses the outdoor rink. Wow. Uh -huh. yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, next up, where are you? You're there. Google has leaked something themselves, but this is not intentional. This is not like one of those, uh, one of those OnePlus leaks. Well, hmm. this is different from that. This was uh, a mistake and they put out a list essentially of unreleased and unannounced phones because obviously Google in many cases has this information beforehand. The list includes devices from eight Android OEMs, and Google has already fixed this and revoked the list, but those publications caught on to it. Those publications, you know, like Android Authority, wagging wagon my finger, and, and others. I think it actually, you can see that they were nice enough to say that first it went to 9 to 5 Google, but you know how this goes. Mm -hmm. One site and then the next site. All right, the list includes devices like the Zenfone 8 Flip and the Motorola Moto G100, Oppo Reno 5A, Oppo Reno 5 Pro Plus 5G Bosch. Some interesting, that's a collaboration, I guess. Whoa, unlikely collaboration. The one that stood out to Android Authority and to myself was the Zenfone 8 Flip because that device hadn't been leaked at all. No rumors about it. And I guess there was some curiosity around whether they would stick to that crazy flippy camera as a as a flagship feature. This is, of course, the camera that rotates. So your rear camera becomes your front-facing camera. It's mm -hmm. motorized. Anyway, it looks like they're going to stick to it because otherwise you wouldn't keep the flip in the name. You would just have the Zenfone 8. Hmm. But keeping the flip over there means you're still flipping. The other rumor around this device, I mean, if it is the flagship, it obviously should have Snapdragon 888 in there as well. 
And uh, they also mentioned the Bosch thing, which is a bit strange. Bosch, by the way, uh, uh, an appliance slash tool company, but they make great things. Do they? I have a few Bosch things that are great. Bosch. <laughs> I have a few Bosch, not that Bosch, not the Amazon original Bosch, but like Bosch drills and circular saws and appliances. I mean, you have probably seen their coffee makers in the past. Hmm. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. Spark plugs. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, they got rid of the list. Even uh, I guess these manufacturers probably weren't too happy about it, but everything's leaking these days. Mm -hmm. So who knows? All right. Next one, we have a video actually from one of our fellow YouTubers. His name is Max Tech. Have you watched him before? Max Tech? I don't think so. No. Well, this guy's all about uh, Mac specifically, mostly. It's a lot of Mac coverage. It was okay. big time content on the M1 laptops. And he put out a recent video, M1X Mac Mini is coming. The best, all caps, value desktop PC ever, all caps. So oh. there's two words in the title that are all caps. Hmm. And he's very excited about it because it's been all kinds of benchmarks all over the web about just how impactful that M1 chip was. M1X obviously would be an even more capable processor. If they call it that, I mean, it could be M2, something like this. And he was just trying to illustrate if Apple were to do this, how impactful that could be and how quickly it could obsolete or at least uh, embarrass the previous workstation stuff like the Mac Pro, stating that an M1X Mac Mini with 12-core Apple Silicon would outpace a $15,000 Mac Pro from 2019 mm. in a mini form factor. And this is a nice illustration to showcase the advancements that have been made here by Apple now that they're doing their own silicon. And it seems like nobody can dispute it at this point. You can imagine packing that, putting that little tiny thing next to a behemoth workstation and actually defeating it on exports and benchmarks and everything else. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a really good thing for Apple. It's like, oh crap, we made this cool technology that made all our other products obsolete. Oh, it's great. I mean, so. there's it's so great, in fact, that people often accuse companies like Apple and others of planned obsolescence. Right. Where they would hold back. But this doesn't this is not what's happening here. They just No. They just did it. They just did the thing. Yeah. And have received all kinds of positive feedback for it and without very much downside. Like everything seems to have transitioned really well. I don't know. I'm not really using the M one stuff. You are, Mo is. You guys are happy with it. Yeah. Um, their native apps are pretty solid. Final Cut. The other stuff is not? I mean, I think Photoshop just recently um, became compatible. Mm. Uh, more efficient, I, I would say. You would but say. I haven't tried it yet. So you say. That's why I heard. Okay. Word on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Kia has shown off images of its new EV6. And you know, I always like to get your take here, Will. Mm. Whenever I see a new EV design, I want to see what you think about it. Mm. Now, it's important to note Kia, Hyundai, 
together forever. So the platform is shared and it's going to look to you like maybe like some other version of the Ionic. Mm -hmm. But they took a different styling approach to it and the interior is quite a bit different. And so, but it still looks futuristic and it might be to your taste. I mean, the people out there, they want to know what you think about something like this. It also has a sort of, maybe a sort of, as far as the overall shape, a sort of Mach-E thing to it. Sure, yeah. With just the general shape of it, but maybe a little less curvy. But then you look at the tail when you scroll down a little more and you're like, mm, you know. Anyway, we need to get your take, Willie. What do you think about that? Uh, just based on uh, first impressions, I really like the front. It has like a flat flatness to it on the headlights. A flat flatness? Yeah, the I guess the grill as well. Okay. Um, a few straight lines. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's what I like to call it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I do like the front. The back, I'm not sure. Mm, um, bit too scoopy there, in the middle, where the tail goes. It the doesn't tail seem light. Stre streamlined to the front. Hmm. Okay. It seems like it's a bit more obscure. Willie do, ladies and gentlemen. But the front is very. Uh, very nice. Will you do, ladies and gentlemen? Anyway, the interior, I don't think, is anywhere near as cool as the Ionic either. Right. It looks a lot more traditional. It kind of looks like a BMW interior, actually. Uh, but, you know, they got to put out different styles for different people. So you would, so this versus the Ionic, which one do you go for? Do you, oh, do you remember that look? Uh, you don't remember anything. You're like, wait a sec, what is Ionic? Which one was it? What are you doing here? This is <laughs> what are you searching over here? That's the Ionic Hybrid. You need the Ionic uh, uh, Five, is it? I think it was the Five. Yeah, this oh, one. Yeah. They're quite a bit different, actually. Shared platform, but end up looking quite a bit different. And the interior is the biggest difference. But like, let's leave the interior part aside for a moment and just look at the exterior. Which one are you driving? I think I'll still go with the five. It just seems more, at least the exterior mm -hmm, looks mm -hmm. a bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. And the interior, the interior only adds to it. The interior is way cooler. Yeah. All right, fine. You got yourself a deal. I will agree to those terms, and I will okay. also select the Ionic 5 over the EV6, but options are good. Way to go, Hyundai. Way to go, Kia. In other EV news, we had a little test on CarWow putting the a few electric vehicles against one another in a highway range test. They took the Model 3 Standard Plus, the new Polestar 2, and the Model 3 Performance, and they basically drove them until they died, hmm. essentially, on the highway. And then they compared that to the estimated range, but it's important... I had to read through this because I was like, why is the EPA rating so different from the European equivalent? And it is quite a bit different. So in Europe, they have something called the WLTP. Uh, the estimates are based on the WLTP testing cycle, which is quite a bit different. And so, so, so you might be wondering, okay, like why are they, why are some of these vehicles so far off the estimated range from an organization like that 
and in particular in this test, I'm just going to tell you what happens essentially. The Model 3 performance wins out. It was no surprise because it was expected to. The The real problem here, and also, by the way, the Model 3 Standard Plus, many people consider to be the best overall efficiency, value, uh, range, etc. But the Polestar 2 was nowhere near the suggested range from this particular testing cycle, WLTP. Mm. And so people were upset about it. However, I do a little bit more reading here through the comments, and it turns out that it could have something to do with Europe versus the US or North America and the driving habits. Now, I know that they listed it as a highway driving test. But the truth of the matter is, at least the speculation from one commenter, and I can kind of understand the point of view, people don't drive the same way. Like you, for example, you're only on the highway. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, not anymore. You're not. No, you, since I moved. but You live a European lifestyle now. Sure. From Your footprint got a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. You were European. I... Say uh, it. <laughs> I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> Uh, Everybody's like, "What is he going to say that?" But uh, no, but 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 yeah, and most people are more in North America are more like your old commute where you spend a lot of time on the highways. The highways connect the yep. various cities. We have urban sprawl and things like this, and and so the EPA rating probably takes more of that style of driving into account potentially, which is more efficient. Well, it's just a different. So let's say, for example, the Polestar had a better regeneration capability on the braking. I see. That's going to benefit more in a city than right. it is on a highway. Mm -hmm. So it's all these factors for how these things manage their, their energy that are going to weigh into it. Anyway, the, to, to, to just give you the base baseline of what happened, the Polestar 2 was only 68% of the advertised... WLTP, whatever they call it, WLTP rating. It only reached 68%, whereas the two Model 3s were right around 80%, 79 and 81% hmm. of what was listed. You would love to get 100%, but the real world is always different. Driving style is always different. Driving conditions are always different. Mm -hmm. So, but definitely 68% is probably not where you want it to be. No. Now, I like the Polestar, too. I think it's a cool-looking vehicle. You want to cheer for all the uh, varieties in the EV space, and you want to have a healthy competition going on over there. But it still appears to me, and I understand this was a highway test, but it still appears to me that when it comes to efficiency and range, Tesla's got it figured out. Mm. You see, yeah, how, you see where my hands are? Yeah. They're all the way up here. Jazz hands. Tesla's got it figured out, at least relative to the other uh, automakers for now. And speaking of having it figured out, you know how you how you stay on top? You give yourself a new title in the company. That's what Elon just did. He is now the techno king of Tesla. So I'm saying, like, never mind CEO. Like, who needs that terminology? Yeah, it's boring, outdated. Yeah. What about techno king? Right on the office door. Yeah. Uh, during the earnings calls. And now we have the techno king of Tesla, Elon Musk. 
but he's also having fun because he's memeing and uh-huh. yep. he does a good job of staying in the news through little things like this, whether it's some new title or some. I mean, even 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 the the name they gave to the son there and mm-hmm. the Doge obsession and yeah. uh, stay in the news, man. Keep the stock price up, man. Mm-hmm. It's all techniques to it, will. Meanwhile, making billions. Just a couple billion. Yeah. Handful of billions. No big deal. In a filing with his least favorite regulator, the Securities and Exchange Commission on Monday, Tesla disclosed that Musk is adding the title of techno king of Tesla. (laughs) It also said that Chief Financial Officer Zach Kirkhorn had taken on the title of Master of Coin, which I think might even be cooler than techno king. Yeah, isn't that like an old school way of, uh, you know, assigning someone as like a treasurer or like a CFO? I don't know if it's ever actually been used, but it sounds really cool. Master of coin. I feel like it's like a medieval term. Well, I think it's meant to sound that way. Yeah, Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well... You were you you well, th- that's, I feel like you thought Game of Thrones was historical. You thought it was no. <laughs> you, you thought it was a documentary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, no, maybe it was. I don't know, but it certainly was using Game of Thrones. I don't know if it was ever used in real or the real world or not, but it makes sense. I mean, it sounds great. If I sure if I had held a position like that, I would love for it to be called Master of Coin. But it, it actually serves a purpose right now too because. Of all the interest in the variety of new coins being issued and minted and crypto and all the rest of it, it's now is the time to be master of coin. Mm -hmm. And so they got that covered as well. Now, speaking of crypto and all the rest of it, Elon is back on the Doge thing over the... You made an interesting expression there on your face. Yeah, it's a lot of Doge. Are you wow, sick of it? You're personally, upset. you're upset. Interesting. Is this because of your vendetta against Shiba Inus? Is that part of it? No, no, no. They're, Tell the truth, they're, Will. They're fun dogs. Tell the truth, I think Will. Otis doesn't like them though. Bad experiences here and there. Tell the truth. But they're, they're there's a lot of people dogs. that are mad right now. Like, how dare you lump yeah. them all together? Well, you did it. I didn't do it. They're they're beautiful dogs though. It's just uh, by calling them beautiful. That's your way of saying they're jerks. <laughs> Yeah, they're beautiful dogs, though. Well, I'm kidding. Actually, all actually, I have the opposite experience. All the ones that I've met were very nice. So okay, maybe it, I should meet them. It certainly depends. Every dog is different. Yeah, but they do. They're obviously they look cool. They they look so cool that they got the hot crypto named after them. Mm-hmm. It's how cool they look. Anyway, uh, I'm kind of with you. It does get to a point where you're like, all right, I got the meme, funny meme, cool meme. I put on the like thousandth time, you're like, all right, yeah. But I don't even necessarily think that's what it's about. I think it's some kind of an experiment. I feel like every time, if if I'm him and I'm tweeting about Doge that much, I must be having fun to it, playing it almost like a video game. Sure. To, to the point where I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Doge tweet, see how cool of a meme I can produce, and then watch the price to see if I had an impact. Mm-hmm. Because we've all seen it happen. Yep. Particularly if you look at if you pull it out to yeah like a th- do like a three month or a one year and you can see 
like the hype train came out of nowhere and it was all it was all basically tweets so that would be fun that would be a fun experience to have that type of impact even outside of the potential financial gains it would just be like wow i just tweet this meme and but the truth is there hasn't been a pop like that original pop and if you look at the one week on your chart here on coindesk you'll see you know it goes up it goes down and so you have the this recent little flurry of doge tweets it's like everything else in life right the frequency goes up and the impact goes down mm -hmm. it's like uh the techniques don't necessarily always they're not as effective people become desensitized like yourself and so even though it was this bunch of tweets in fact here they are i'm getting a shiba inu hashtag resistance is futile that was one of the tweets doge day afternoon was another tweet and then the origin of doge day afternoon was another tweet and then we are so dogematic and that was another tweet now these tweets fly for the record to be clear with you will they do numbers as far as uh retweets and likes and things like this so i'm not going to tell anybody to stop doing what they're doing but just to be clear to be aware that if you keep pulling the trigger scratching the ish itch push pushing a button you might get guys like willie do who no longer feel it sure it's inevitable. I, I'm just mad I didn't, I didn't get uh, Doge early. Oh, okay. That's, that's all really that is. the case. Oh, it's, it's also important to note that there is a meaningful tweet exchange at the very top where we come to find out that apparently Tesla's purchase of that $1.5 of Bitcoin was facilitated by Coinbase hmm. in, this, in this particular tweet. And, uh, and then there's a question from a Twitter user asking, if Elon believes Coinbase should enable Dogecoin on the platform, to which he agrees, which is not surprising, but it is important to note that some big platforms still don't even support Doge. So keep that in mind. Uh, last crypto, second last crypto-related story. This one is about NFTs, and this makes a lot of sense to me. Comics, comic books, DC Comics reportedly eyeing the NFT market. Something something kind of struck me here i was thinking about memorabilia art nfts collectibles sports cards etc 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 you think about the fandom around comic books yeah no big. no big. for sure big you're in on it yeah you're into it uh-huh you have so much what do they call it ip there's these characters and variety of circumstances and first issues. Mm -hmm. Like, aren't there some big numbers over here? Yeah, I think. Uh... I mean, aren't we talking about, do we have any million dollar comic books? We must. 3.2 milli right there. A pristine copy of a 1938 comic book is incredible. All right, so what is the what is the digital effect over here? What goes on? Okay, yeah, you got to figure out the NFT thing. The NBA did it. Everybody did it. And you can imagine if I'm DC or if I'm Marvel, I got to be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. How to do this? Because you can also, you know how this goes with the hype and whatnot. You sell more movie tickets and all the rest of it. It's all part of it. So they apparently are looking into it. They apparently are interested. But then another piece that stood out to me was... Who gets to do it? So it creates a really complicated scenario for them to try to police because they have all kinds of artists who have worked on licensed material that could 
think, hey, my artwork could be cool as an NFT. But then DC is like, wait a sec. That's our IP. Mm-hmm. And now it's a separate transaction from the original contract or whatever. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not privy to what those contracts work, but the letter serves as a warning. to They put out a letter to DC staffers and freelancers about issuing NFTs, non-fungible tokens, bearing the likeness of the company's licensed characters. Comic book artist Jose Delgo was involved in the creation and sale of a Wonder Woman themed NFT collection that netted 1.85 million last week. Hmm. You see how weirdly squirrely that gets? Yeah. Who does that belong to? There's no, I assume that the paperwork that was originally drawn up between these artists and DC or Marvel or whoever else wouldn't necessarily have included the potential for NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's the quote from DC. As DC examines the complexities of the NFT marketplace, and we work on a reasonable and fair solution for all parties involved, that means we got to get a cut, yeah, including fans control. and collectors. Please note that the offering for sale of any digital images featuring DC's intellectual property, that's that IP thing I was talking about before, also known as intellectual property, with or without NFTs, whether rendered for DC's publications or rendered outside the scope of one's contractual agreement with DC, meaning even the stuff you just chose to do with those characters, is not permitted. Mm-hmm. If you are approached by anyone interested in including any of your DC art in an NFT program, please let Lawrence Ganim, DC's VP Talent Services, know. In other words, we want to have a quick chat about that. All this Wonder Woman stuff. What you're trying to do with Batman right now? All those Batman tokens, Willie, do you got on your hard drive? You ready to go up with that? Yeah. Yeah, you better be careful. Yeah. I got to talk to DC. Yeah, you better be sending an email. At least they're lawyers. And you better be giving them a piece. Like, I got all this Batman content. They're like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. We have the Batman content. You have nothing. We are DC. Yeah. You're thinking. How does it work like on physical copies? Physical copy of what? Like if an artist makes like a portrait of Batman or something, yep, and they don't—he doesn't work for DC. Yep. How does that work? And he sells it. Can't do that. No dice. Oh, you gotta give a portion to DC. I presume that's actually kind of interesting. You're saying a one-off because obviously, if you're gonna license it, like you have a licensing deal. You say, "I want to use your character to sell mm-hmm. T-shirts," and they go, "Okay, cool. Here's a licensing deal. We're gonna get a piece." Yeah. I, I think they wouldn't care if it's a low enough volume. Sure. Right? Like if you trying to you're at the farmer's market selling a Batman painting, no one cares. Mm-hmm. All, all of a sudden you got NFTs on blast and you're pulling millions, all they wanna they wanna have a phone yeah, call. They'll take notice. Or an email, at which point then they're gonna demand a licensing agreement to continue yeah. doing what you're doing. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. A lot of gray area. Now, this is the last crypto story of the day. Apparently, like, look what resurfaced. India is getting real serious about the cryptocurrency thing, banning it completely. Now, we, we talked about this previously. He said, oh, they're thinking about it. Then we had some words that seemed like, oh, maybe not. Maybe they can be cool with it. And now they doubled down. India will propose a law banning cryptocurrencies, fining anyone trading in the country or even holding such digital assets. Listen to this for a sec. The bill, one of the world's strictest policies against cryptocurrencies, just a bill though, I mean, it has to get passed, would criminalize possession, criminalize, 
You're a criminal, Will. If you're over there right now, you're a criminal. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's right. I mean, no. The bill has to get passed first. Oh, okay. Uh, the bill, one of the world's strictest policies against cryptocurrencies, would criminalize possession, issuance, mining, trading, and transferring crypto assets, said the official who has direct knowledge of the plan. The measure is in line with the January government agenda, call for the, the banning of private digital, uh, virtual currencies, saying, oh, we're going to do our own government issued, which kind of defeats the purpose, but they want a piece. Everybody wants a piece. If the ban becomes law, India would become the very first major economy to make holding crypto illegal. Even China doesn't do that. China doesn't want you mining. Uh, China doesn't want trading, but possession is currently not penalized. Mm -hmm. So that's a that would be a very, very big move. Now, the reason maybe they've become more interested in such a thing is that apparently in India, transaction volumes are swelling. You have 8 million investors holding 1.4 billion in crypto in India. And they're like, mm, we, li we, we like that 1.4 billion, but we like it in rupees. Mm. All right? We like it in rupees. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't be surprised when you start thinking about tax money. You start thinking about all the implications of the thing. I will just say, as a word of warning, I've been on the internet myself. You. That's okay. right. And over the years, I have recognized a thing that happens from time to time, which is that the more you try to suppress something, the more interested people become. Yeah. Some might call it the Streisand effect. Uh -huh. You try to pin it down, and people only want to lift it up, Willie do. And that's the thing about a global communication exchange. Unless you're trying to tighten, tighten the knobs on that as well, people are going to talk, and they're going to transmit, and they're going to exchange. Mm -hmm. Just the way it goes. And so what's interesting to me here is how do you police this? How do you find out? Right? What do you do? Do you have to, is it going to be some type of firewall situation, some type of China situation where it's actually, you're targeting the internet traffic itself? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now you're just looking up rich people over there. Who's a big, uh, who's the biggest supporter of Bitcoin there? I don't know that any, I don't know that I've heard any publicly speak on such a thing. My understanding is that Ambani, the richest guy, is actually, has a good relationship with the leadership there, hmm. outside of a dispute here and there. I see. That was my feeling, based on what I've read up until this point. Of course, people will, uh, they'll give us the updated version down in the comment section over here. But this has global implications, to be honest with you, uh, because... The scale of that economy and that particular position could act as inspiration. Now, I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm not trying to tell you it's the end for crypto. I'm actually trying to say the opposite, that I don't think it'll work or I think it will be very hard. And it may have the unintended consequence of actually elevating the value of the stuff. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, it's like if I tell you you can't have the cookie, all of a sudden you want the cookie. You were I like, want. I didn't even feel like a cookie, but I just have a jar over here. I'm like, hey, Will, you're just minding your business. I'm like, hey, Will, no cookies. They're fresh, the scent. Yeah. No cookies. I want 10. All of a sudden, you're walking over there. Yeah. You're doing something else. You're like, why do I keep thinking about these dumb cookies? Why do you have to say that I can't have a cookie? I didn't even want a cookie. Why do you have to say that? I know. So rude, man. Look what you did. So rude. Anyway. 
Clubhouse has announced an accelerator program for creators on its platform. I think I knocked out my contact lens. I got too fired up over there. Knocked my contact lens straight out. Where is it now? I don't know. It could be anywhere. Oh. Could be in a cookie jar. I just fixed it. Clubhouse announces accelerator program for creators. Uh, they got to do something. I'll tell you what. They got to do something. Everybody's coming for this now. Uh-huh. You just you woke up all the giants. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You 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 were enjoying your nice little location. You were the hot startup, new kid on the block. You know, it's like the new the new kid at the high school. Mm. It's like all the attention. Where did they? What's with that outfit? Where? How do you do all that? Where did this guy come from? And then all the giants wake up and they go, No, no, we show that guy what's up. Yeah, you can't come in here like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Twitter and that's Facebook, and they're both figuring it out. Facebook has been, hasn't really done as much yet, but apparently they're working on it. Twitter has spaces, and now all of a sudden you're like, "Oh God, our fancy little outfit, we gotta do more." Mm-hmm. And that's where this comes in. Now you gotta bribe people. I'm sticking with the high school thing. You gotta start. It's like a mob mentality. This is quite a cool high school. Are you following me on this, Will? Sure, yeah. So what never, you do is you, you do I've this accelerator program. You take the hottest people on the platform. You pay them. Okay. You pay yeah. them to stay there because ultimately people keep using the app if the right people are there and those broadcasts happen there. And so this is the early. I, they got to move quick, man. Forget mm-hmm. about your accelerator program. Start paying people right now. Mm-hmm. Start paying people right now before they start using this Twitter spaces stuff. But monetization is hard. What is it? Like, is there premium accounts and then the creators get a percentage? This is stuff, uh, hard stuff to implement quickly. Uh, is there advertising? I don't know. Is there even a spot for advertising on platform right now? Do people, will people be receptive to it? It's all these questions that you have to now move faster because those giants are marching towards you and you can feel the footsteps. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious about it. I, I, I want them to figure it out, but I do think this is... Uh, this is where others screwed up. It's where Vine screwed up. Uh, it seems TikTok sort of figured out they tried to pay a few people mm-hmm. to stick around. I don't know how that's going, but um, it does matter, you know, as far as keeping creators engaged with the platform. They got to mm-hmm. see a reason for it. They got to see it's nice to have the follower counts and things like this, but eventually you don't figure out monetization and 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 that user... That creator is a lot more liquid. They can just flow somewhere else. Yeah, grab a couple developers and then uh, just make their own. Oh, no, I wasn't suggesting that. I just meant go to the other platform, like Twitter. Oh, like jump ship. Well, chances are they already have a bigger following on Twitter anyway. Hmm. Like just cut out the, the extra process. Now, if Clubhouse was like, no, 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 for every broadcast you do, here's the revenue. Well, all of a sudden you're like, oh. I guess I'll be over there. Uh-huh. You see, there's no incentive like that. Um, that's a powerful incentive. Even Twitter's trying to figure out more powerful incentives. They were talking about having the super follows and things like this to keep people engaged and the right users on the platform. Ultimately, these are giant parties and everybody wants the right people at their party. Avatar recently passed Avengers to retake the box office crown. <laughs> wow, they came back. What a what a strange headline. I was like, wait, wait a second. How do you do that? They went back in time. They did more marketing. They re-released it in China. And this is a thing that could be indicative of what we're all about to experience post-COVID. 
is that because all the production companies have been on chill mode a little bit, there might not be all that much to hit theaters once theaters come back online and let people in. And so like what they did in China, because China's opened up a little bit sooner and people have this huge appetite to get the hell out and go somewhere. They're like, why don't we just re-release stuff? And people people are so pent up right now. They would yeah. just go watch it again or maybe they missed it the first time around sure. and do a little promo. And oh, in the meantime, possibly retake the crown for uh, box office numbers hmm. because it was always a close race at least in recent years, you had all those Marvel movies that were coming for the crown and Endgame yeah. was able to do it. But now they got to re-release Endgame. And then they take the crown back. Yeah. And everything just keeps... They might do it, actually. Sure. If, if you think yeah. about it. They could very well do it if they see the success of, like, what? But I, I wonder which one of those two films has more of a long shelf, shelf life as far as being applicable or commanding an audience over time. Uh, it's a curious one because it Avatar is one of one right now. I know they're working on another one, but it's one of one. It's a fully intact thing on its own. Yeah. Whereas with, for me with the Avengers stuff, it's like 300 things. Sure, yeah. And I know the term Endgame, it got a lot of attention. Like it felt more standalone, mm -hmm. but it is one of many, mm -hmm. you have to admit. Yes, absolutely. So, interesting, but... People want to get back to the movie theater, so go buy some AMC stock. This is not financial advice. <laughs> People want to get back to the movie theater to watch old movies. Sure. Uh, here we have a Boston Dynamics spot update. This is uh, I didn't I didn't know this, but we have our what I think is our first spot related YouTube channel where spot is being treated like a pet by the name of. What was it? Scratchy? Scrappy. Scrappy has his own YouTube channel. Like as if you had a channel for Otis. Like You know how people have channels for their pets? Yeah. This one is kind of positioned that way. And this particular Boston Dynamics robot is being treated like a pet. Like this woman is walking around with a leash. Is she the owner? I presume her and possibly... So, see, like here's here's what happened. Here's, my, here's, here's, what I, here's what I saw. I had experience with Spot. And I'm like, Spot is just not autonomously walking right now. Like somebody is controlling Spot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a two-person team. Someone's got to be walking behind her to create the illusion that Spot is walking on its own. Yeah. And then you just put the leash for absolutely no reason other than to play up the whole thing. Sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of a performance uh -huh. to it. Yeah. But it's still cool nonetheless, and it gets a tremendous amount of attention. In the video, there's all kinds of people, including two cops who stop them, and they're like, what can the, what can Spot do? She's like, well, it can sit down and write itself if it falls over and everything else. But anyway, there's an entire YouTube channel that's been documenting the life of Scrappy. <laughs> what, I, wonder, I wonder what the, uh, the name Scrappy. Scrappy. Scrap Metal. Scrappy, Maybe. like it'll fight. It'll get in a scrap. Wonder All of the above. I wonder what the inspiration for the name was. But here you can see, like, it's all separated into clips. Robot dog meets real dog. Scrappy's adventures. First bath. Scrappy, like, you're, look at, you're intrigued. You're intrigued. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. 
Look at the one on the far right, 21 seconds. Read that title for me, Will. Oh. Yeah. Full auto Uzi with suppressor versus car. Scrappy's Adventures. I don't. Scrappy's Adventures. Okay, this got a little weirder than I expected it to get. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Got the least amount of views. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, it's just, she's just shooting the car. I don't really, and Scrappy's standing there. And, oh. Content! <laughs> content. Weird. All right, speaking of content, this next one screwed me up, sort of. Okay. I'm just going to be honest with you. It kind of screwed me up. This guy, uh, this, this, this guy was in the parking lot. He was in the um, handicap spot, mm. and a woman approached him apparently, and had kind of profiled him. Like, you don't look like you should be in a handicapped spot, but he did have the pass. He should be in a handicapped spot. He thought, or she thought, approaching him that the pass could have belonged to someone else, and he was kind of exploiting it by being in that spot because he's a young young person. Mm -hmm. And the assumption is that in order to be in a handicapped spot, you would have to be, I don't know, more disabled than he was or not look like him. Mm -hmm. In her mind, I guess that's the idea, the approach. Allegedly, that's the idea. Okay. You need to say something? No. Okay. Gotcha. And anyway, so she approached, and then he's like, check this out. I got a fake, I got a fake leg. You screwed up. How dare you approach me uh -huh. and profile me like that and harass me? And so he puts the clip on TikTok, and the clip goes somewhat viral. He doesn't actually have a video clip of her approaching him. Now, I should say, to be clear, him be of being offended by it, it totally makes sense, right? Like you, um, you don't want to. You don't want to be in a situation like had to prove to somebody that you're disabled and like you got the permit. Obviously, sure. you would like to go about your business and just, yeah. But see, here's where things took a turn for uh -oh. me. Here's where things took a turn for me. I clicked on his TikTok where the whole thing emerged from. And I, know, I don't know if this should matter or not. And I want people to make up their own mind on this. But I clicked through on his TikTok. And I realized he's got a whole thing going on. He So in the second part of the video clip, he approaches the woman, an older woman, and kind of puts the heat on her. Like, how dare you? What were you doing? I don't care. She's like, let me speak. Let me speak. She's like, I just didn't think it was you. And he's so like, you she, had no right she to. She was like uh, regretful. Well, I just, I just, like I don't know if she was trying to defend her. I, I, really, that's outside the spectrum of what I'm trying to say. It's more that he kind of, he kind of aggressively approached her. Fine, you're offended. Uh, I, I got it, man. I got it. You you got the permit. I got it. But then there's another follow-up, which is now I'm at the police department. And I'm going to try and file a formal complaint about what this person did. Hmm. After the approach, after the initial video. And then there's a follow-up to that, which is the police tell me that there was no crime committed, so they can't do anything. But now I want you to go to McDonald's, Australia, and tell them to release the footage of the person having approached me. Oh. And I'm just like, 
I do not condone doing what the person did as far as approaching the vehicle, but to what extent do you, is it enough to go up and say, hey, you screwed up? Uh-huh. Or it kind of reminds me of the Julian Edelman thing from the other day where he was super gracious about his approach. Sure. Imagine if you really want this person to, to, to change their behavior or habit, don't you want to prove to them in your approach that they're that you want them to take a different approach themselves? You you come with your approach and it kind of rubs off on them. If you come up calm and collected, composed, and you say, hey, just want to let you know that taking that approach, going up to vehicles, it's going to hurt some people's feelings, you know? They got the badge. It's already a problem for them in their life. And to have you policing it is going to make them feel bad. And you might want to think twice next time. And that's all. And maybe she apologizes. Maybe she doesn't. But at least at that, you're kind of broadcasting the energy that you hope to get back from them. Sure. You're kind of and not letting your emotions get the best of you in the moment. And it's hard to do. I will say it's hard to do. But when you go full military on it, when you go full nuclear on it, the consequence might be the complete opposite. The consequence might be that others will end up digging their heels in. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know. I didn't see the approach. It's not captured here on mm -hmm. these particular tweets. Uh, not TikToks. I don't know how malicious she was. I, you only see the exchange after the fact. But after heading to the person's profile, I just, it just shifted my perspective just a little bit. I see all the content and I see sort of the calculated nature of it. And it, and it makes me kind of uh, a little more suspect. Hmm. Now, I'm not, again, I do not condone what the individual did in this, in this situation to go up and harass somebody. It's really nothing to do with them and the person has the correct permit and everything else. But I'm just not sure I necessarily am with the approach on this. Now, again, I'm speaking from a place of comfort over here. I'm not personally being harassed. And so the emotional thing is hard to keep it all in check. But I'm just putting that out there into the universe that if you actually want to convert somebody, sometimes the aggressive approach might not be the best one. I agree. Just putting that into the universe as an option. Sure. Just throwing an option out there. Yeah. And Options also to throw. anybody out there that feels like the disability police, be better idea to take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy, particularly if the permit is there and mm -hmm. everything yeah. else. Oh, my God. Now, this one is a whole nother level to it. Okay. Pennsylvania woman created deep fakes, deep fake pictures and videos to force rivals off daughter's cheerleading squad. What kind of deep fakes? This is the thing people were talking about. Yeah. This is the type of fear that people had. Let me tell you what happened over here. Now, I don't know what her, her daughter has not been charged. She's been charged. The mother. The daughter has not been charged. Here we have a mother who apparently is aware of their daughter 
having people that are rivals on a cheerleading squad. This is not uncommon. I mean, I'm sure this happens all the time. Yeah. You will have rivals or you don't like each other or sure. whatever. She goes online, uses a variety of tools to create a series of deep fake cool. video, video and image content. Yeah. Putting those rivals in compromising situations. Using those rivals' own social media to generate the imagery. So hmm. downloading the variety of... <laughs> Fly, man. This, this dude's attacking me. Yeah. Downloading the variety of images to generate the deepfake content. Wow. And then taking that content, compromising. When I say compromising, I'm talking about partying drinking, maybe not wearing all the clothing. I'm talking about some heavy stuff, man. Hmm. Uh, illicit substance use, and then distributing that content to teachers, to uh, other students. Wow. That's a quite amount of work there. And heavy consequences. You imagine when you're in high school, man, yeah. All of a sudden, these images are flowing around. It never happened. People are like, is that you? Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. It's a scandal in a high school situation. That's a scandal. Mm -hmm. Can be can totally alter somebody's. Obviously, this doesn't happen all the time, and obviously, this person is out of their mind. Police officers were able to track her down. They were able to figure out the IP address, the source of all the material, track her down and charge her. I mean, I don't know how she's going to get out of this. If you go back, you can, you go back, you click on, um, click on the Patriot News, I think. Yeah, click on that link for a sec. Yeah, scroll down on this one. 50-year-old, police arrested a 50-year-old Bucks County woman. Cool. That's her? Yeah. Jeez. She created the doctored images of at least three members of the team. And there's no indication that her daughter knew what she was doing. Mm. Oh, my God. If that's true, your mom is doing that and you don't even know? It's the face of pure evil. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe you do know. But as far as the police are concerned, like, why are we going to punish her? It wasn't even her thing. Like, her mom's out of her mind. Her mom shouldn't mm. be doing this. The wow. teenagers told officers that Spone, I guess her last name is Spone, sent the manipulated images. They had suspected that that's where it was coming from. Somehow, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I mean, there's even it gets even darker with the anonymous messages. Trying to, oh my God. Just terrifying stuff. The teenager was sent photos of themselves in bikinis with accompanying text saying that the subjects were drinking at the shore. Now, these are obviously underage individuals. That, right. that would be illegal for them to be doing that. The videos were analyzed and detectives were able to determine that they were deep fakes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Officers were able to execute multiple search warrants that allowed them to trace the text messages back 
to Spone's IP address, that's this woman, and her cell phone. He believes that the harassment was triggered after he and his wife told his daughter to stop hanging out with her daughter due to concerns over that girl's behavior. I don't know what will push her to this point. As a dad, I was pretty upset about it. It's an image put out there of my daughter that is simply not true. She has a preliminary hearing March 30th. This will also act as some sort of a precedent for the punishment of such a such a thing. You know what I'm saying, Will? Yeah. Like the rule has to be made up, at least in this point, because there's obviously going to be consequences. Yeah. And then going forward, it has to also act as a deterrent, whatever her punishment is, for people to not do it again in the future. And it must be severe. It's kind of got to be. Uh-huh. And then it gets even darker because you sit there and say to yourself, okay, if this woman gets locked up, what happens to that daughter? That her, yeah. her actual daughter who was already kicked out of that, that friend group or whatever, presumably based on what went down. Then your mom is gone completely overboard and got in prison and broke the law. And then doing this kind of stuff. I mean, your I future's mean, your future's looking pretty wacky too. Uh-huh. So unfortunate, I guess, for her. I don't know what her involvement or lack of involvement. All right, last one of the day. It's in line with everything we just talked about, and it kind of just acts as a reminder to, uh, well, lift your head up every so often. Stress and anxiety caused by smartphone use revealed in a new study. An excessive amount of time spent on social media is also likely to cause teeth grinding and facial muscle pain. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, put a little loo later on in the background. Put on a TV. Yeah, passive. Yeah, you don't have to be scrolling all the time, grinding, clenching your jaw shut because you're in some sort of weird, anxious state looking for the next thing. We'll break it all down. Let us do the heavy lifting. Sure. Let Willie do do the heavy lifting. Let Willie do well, take maybe. care of the wild card at the end of the show. Yeah, maybe. Take care of you guys. So they did a study here. And it was about 600 participants. Now, what's important, this is posted the Jerusalem Post. And what's important, why that's important, is because the study included secular Jews who are all, well, mostly smartphone users, and then a group of ultra-Orthodox who can only use a phone without an internet connection. So the reason this is important in the case of this study is because you're trying to find two different groups who have uh, vastly different Mm. smartphone habits. Follow me on that? Mm -hmm. In order to see what the distinction is between the two, who's more likely to do what, by how much, and does that necessarily coincide? But like any study, it's only 600. It's a small sample size, and it's a very specific group that they're analyzing. So there could be other factors. This is my disclaimer. I'm currently sanding the drywall. The participants were asked about feelings of stress and tension throughout the day, whether they had a tendency to wake up at night, a need to be available to the cell phone, teeth grinding, and jaw pain. Studies found that 54% of the users, the smartphone users, wake up in the middle of the night, compared to only 20% from the other group, the ultra-Orthodox population, who didn't have the connection on a phone. Mm. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. Huge increase over there. Now, it's funny when you hear it 
listed like that, you're like, well, yeah, maybe those uh, the ultra orthodox people they might just wind down sooner. Maybe they read a book. Like sure. I don't. Yeah. There's other habits that are, might be associated with that. Mm. In addition, half of the secular respondents feel a moderate to high level of stress due to the phone compared to only 22% of the other group. Uh, Dr. Pesia Friedman Rubin, who helped conduct the study, explained that in today's day and age, people live with a sense of FOMO, and so they want to stay constantly updated and know what's new every moment. This need naturally creates a growing dependence on phones, which leads to feelings of stress and anxiety. Someone might write something on social media, I might miss out, so on and so forth. Of course, there's other fa there's other uh, potential outcomes that it could be worse than just the simple fear of missing out. Um, can make you feel terrible, can make you grind your teeth, can make you uh, just feel like trash uh, as a whole. Mm -hmm. And it might be a hard thing to pinpoint, well, why am I feeling in such a way? Mm -hmm. Uh, because it it tends to be absorbed in small doses, and then it just builds up over time. Yeah, you know, it's a weird thing, especially as far as anxiety is concerned. That a lot of people don't start thinking about anxiety until it's become a huge problem. You don't think sure. of it in the small little aspects of day to day life that may have contributed to that eventual explosion. Yeah, but even like. Uh being on social media, it would be after the fact that uh, you would have this empty feeling, not while you're scrolling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not while so you're... So there are like little tidbits of, you know, occurrence. But. Yeah. but or, or maybe, well, maybe for some individuals, it's just a general feeling like crap or despair sure. or unknown uh, depression or anxiety or something. And then it's like, a person could be looking for an analysis and be like, I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling like this? And then someone could say, well, let me ask you this. How often are you on social media? What exactly are you doing? Uh, yeah. What does your life consist of that could be contributing to this particular feeling? What What's in your past? And so on and so forth. And everybody's going to be different. And everybody's, some people are going to have a higher threshold. Some people are going to be able to put up with it. Other people, maybe less so. It's important to just be attentive, to pay attention. And yeah, be aware. To what the things that you're exposing yourself to are doing to you, like a type of nutrition, Will. Like the way you might pay attention to what goes into your body, monitor your eyeballs, monitor your experiences, monitor how much time you might be spending inside of these platforms, and then what your feelings are uh, that are associated to it. Mm -hmm. If you're paying more attention to that, then chances are you're going to be able to manage it a little bit better, hopefully. But some people are going to need to make some decisions around uh, even potentially not involving themselves in certain social media if they feel like they're just not getting a positive effect from it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's all subjective. Um, saying to quit cold turkey doesn't mean a lot to everyone. You know, I think everyone just needs to be aware of themselves. For sure. You know, and, and just look after themselves. Pay attention to the effects. See where you're at. And keep watching Lou later. It'll Definitely. save that'll save you, I promise. All right. <laughs>